0: Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. I'm glad you're here. This weekend, we are looking at the readings for the third Sunday of Advent, which is often called Gaudete Sunday. Which you're gonna to have to forgive my Oklahoma accent for that. Um, but uh, but today we rejoice, we celebrate in these readings. It's a time to pause and to reflect on uh, the joy that God has given us, and as the people of God, we'll talk more about that on our Sunday benediction. But. First, I want to look at the Old Testament reading for this Sunday, Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, and 8 through 11. The prophet Isaiah says that there is one who will come and bring about the deliverance of his people. Now, as Christians, we read this in its Old Testament context, we look back, and then we also understand these words as pointing to Jesus. In fact, Luke 4 makes this pretty clear, it records a time when Jesus goes to the synagogue. And on that day, it might have been Jesus's turn to read scripture. And so he comes forward, unrolls the scroll, and he just so happens to read this passage. Now, technically, it's kind of a mashup of two passages, but it's consistent with the meaning of our passage today. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's found in Luke 4, 18 through 19. And then in verse 21, Jesus says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now imagine how the people would have received Jesus's words. He reads the Bible and then he says, this is me. <laughs> Jesus came proclaiming that a new world, a new society has dawned, and he announces that that new world, that new society is here in him because he is here. Now, in the ancient world, of course, they didn't have the internet or television or even newspapers. They had heralds whose job it was to convey important information throughout the land. So, whenever there was a new king, a herald would go throughout the kingdom proclaiming the good news or the gospel of the birth of a new king. And that's the image that we have here. Jesus himself is both king and herald, proclaiming that a new kingdom has dawned in him. Now going back to Isaiah, this is the good news we hear for Israel. No matter what it looks like outside, Isaiah says, a new day has dawned. What is the characterization of this kingdom? What is this kingdom about? The oppressed receive this good news. The brokenhearted are bound up. The captives hear that they are set free. And this is the year of God's favor. This is the joyful news in which we rejoice. This is also what power looks like in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, power is not domination or even influence. Kingdom of God power is good news for the poor. This means that those who are financially poor, it is good news for them, but it also encompasses all human weakness, our brokenness, our poverty, our emptiness, our loneliness. It is liberation for those who are bound up and it always challenges the ways that our world and our life does not reflect it. We're part of a new kingdom and that kingdom is here whether we see it right now or not. In fact, it is the power of God that allows us to rejoice in this new kingdom even when we do not see it. Henry Nouwen defined true joy as the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. you see how love and joy are connected here? True joy is knowing you're loved (laughs) so we can rejoice today. For those of you who are listening to this and maybe you're sick in your body, you're in pain, maybe there are those who are grieving today, I want to encourage you that the call to rejoice is not the call to ignore your circumstances, no, but to hear God's proclamation and know that the current circumstances are not the whole story. The good news of Jesus means that God loves us and the good news of Jesus also means rejection of those things that do not line up with his kingdom. So this is good news and it's good news of comfort, as we'll see. There's also a bite to this good news. (laughs) The presence of the kingdom of God is not just saying yes, it also means saying no. In fact, we can say joy and justice go together. In order for true healing to come, brokenness or injustice needs to be revealed and dealt with. So the good news for those who have been oppressed is there is a new king who will make things right, including dealing with the oppressors. Now, scandalously, the gospel is ultimately good news for both oppressed and oppressor, but it first requires our awareness to sin. This is the posture of repentance. The good news of Jesus exposes and compels us to come to grips with those places in our life and in the world that do not reflect God's kingdom. And Jesus says that in him, things will be put right. The Messiah comes not only to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, but to comfort all who mourn. The image here is of a person in sackcloth with a spirit crushed by despair. That image then is replaced with an image of a party goer who has garland, a beautiful headdress, smelling of costly oil, wearing a garment of praise. Today we would say it's like a dress or a suit designed for the great party. Our God is the one who sits with those who mourn, the God who brings comfort. In a world where so many of us feel crushed under the weight of war, sickness, and poverty, the old song says, A weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. It is the comfort of our God, the knowing that he is close to us, which transforms God's people into something. Verse 3 says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. That's verse 5. This is who we are as the people of God. Christians are the oaks of resurrection, we could say. Oaks represent stability and purpose. In the Ethiopian Orthodox Church in the highlands, each church building is enveloped by a forest. And it's been that way for a thousand years. The forest is like the clothing for the church. And it is designed to resemble the Garden of Eden, each church is, which is just so cool. It's so beautiful. So all over the Ethiopian highland, when you fly over it, you see these little forests. And at the center of each of the forests is a church. So over the years, the church has become the safeguard and the strength and the protector of these forests. Now, over the centuries, the entire Ethiopian highland has become deforested. So in 100 years ago, it was 45% forest, and now the highland is just 5% forest. Presently, these church forests are really the only forests that remain in the Ethiopian highland. Lately, as this deforestation has continued, the churches have begun putting up barriers on the outside of the forest to say, we're not going to allow this deforestation this exploitation to go any further. Now, notice I'll do a rabbit trail here for a minute. Like these are not barriers to entry for people to come in. No, these barriers are protecting the deforestation that's happening and saying, it's not going to go any further than this. So the church forests have also become, this is crazy, have become a safeguard of the biodiversity of Ethiopia. So they will, in the future, these church forests will have to become the seedbed from which the ecosystem will be able to grow again. Verse 4 says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew their ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. This is the image of who the church is called to be. A resurrection people. Great name for a podcast. We are a forest people, a garden people, the mighty oaks. We live by a different kingdom. And in doing so, the church becomes life for the world. As we look at the world and we see so much injustice, so much cruelty, so much division, the people of God stand as proclaimers of a new kingdom. God has come. And as we do so, we become rebuilders or replanters, verse 11. But we don't just need to look at the wide expanse of our world. Each of us experiences pain today. For some of us, it's more more of an acute pain than it is for others. But many of us around the holidays find ourselves around family quite a bit more than at other times. And something about being around family brings our pain as well as our insecurities and our fears to the surface. Quickly, we so often find ourselves fighting. We live in a really polarized world now and We care for these people and we love them and and we want them to believe what we believe is the truth. And in doing so, we often get really frustrated. In doing so, it can be tempting to allow the deforestation of our world to creep in on us, to neglect our role as rebuilders, to give in to the world's factions and divisions. We settle for worldly power, which looks like hatred, division, looks like owning someone else in an argument. We can allow our frustration with another person to cause us to forget our call as rebuilders. Now, this isn't to say there's no such thing as righteous anger. There is. And this is not to say we don't stand for truth. We do and should do so. Sometimes the truth we proclaim is uncomfortable to the world, of course. Still, it matters how we carry that truth. Do we have the other person in mind? Do we truly have their healing in mind? What kind of power are we living by? Is it the dominating, coercive power of the world? Or is it the power as displayed in the kingdom of God, which is self-giving love? Good news for the oppressed. Are we carrying it as rebuilders? As good news proclaimers? Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch dot com and find out more at the substack dot com.